You are listening to the Lima Community Church Podcast. The following was recorded at Lima Community Church of the Nazarene in Lima, Ohio. Today, I have a story to share with you. And those of you who know me well, you know that I love to tell stories. I love children's books. I love to read children's books. And stories are just wonderful. And there's no better stories than what we can read out of this book right here. So kids, I need a little help right now. Whether you're from Tiny Town, Uptown, or Downtown, what is the book I'm holding in my hand? Thank you. It is the Bible. You're right. And again, whether you're in Tiny Town, Uptown, or Downtown, you know that the stories in the Bible are... You guys are good. They're true. Exactly. Nice job. So we're going to tell a true story from the Bible today. And it's actually from the book of Acts. Now, if you're in downtown, is Acts in the Old Testament or in the New Testament? It's not new. Yes, it is in the New Testament. Exactly. This is in the New Testament. So it's going to be closer to the back of your Bible. Now, the story is called An Angel Helps Peter Escape from Prison. I don't know about you, but that sounds like an exciting story because first of all, somebody's escaping from prison, right? But not only that, an angel is helping them escape from prison. Pretty cool stuff. So what I would like you to do right now is grab your Bible or the one in the chair back in front of you or even your Bible app on your phone. And I want you to look up Acts chapter 12. And we're gonna look at the first 18 verses. So Acts chapter 12. So go ahead and look that up. I'll give you a second. In downtown, this is something we take time to do every Sunday is to look up our story so the kids can see right where it's from and they know that it's true. We're not making it up. So go ahead and open it to Acts chapter 12 and just kind of leave it lay open there in front of you for a minute because we're going to go to it in just a second. But I want to set the stage for you for this story. So if you look at the opening verses of this story, it talks about King Herod. Hmm, We've heard that name before. Remember, King Herod is the king of Judea, and he was the king that was king when Jesus was born. And remember, the wise men went to King Herod, and they said, hey, King Herod, tell us where this king is that's been born, king of the Jews. And King Herod's like, I don't know where he is, but if you find him, you come back and you tell me where you found him, right? But remember, the wise men were told, don't go back to Herod. He doesn't want to worship Jesus. In fact, He wants to hurt Jesus. He wants to kill him. So don't go back to King Herod. You guys, King Herod wasn't a very nice king. And he still isn't a very nice king, okay? Because in this particular scripture, it tells us that King Herod had arrested some of Jesus' disciples, including Peter. Now, you guys, Herod really did not want Peter to escape from prison at all. In fact, if you read in the scripture, it says that Herod had Four groups of four soldiers in each group guarding Peter. Now, if you are good at math, there's four groups and four soldiers in every group. How many soldiers are guarding Peter? 16 soldiers. Oh my word, you guys. So Peter is in jail. 16 soldiers are guarding him. And not only that, but when Peter would sleep at night, two soldiers, one would sleep on each side of him. And the Bible says he was chained into that jail, a chain on each wrist holding him there. Herod did not want him to get out, right? So he's in jail, 16 guards around him, sleeping between two soldiers, and he's chained there. He's not going anywhere because Herod wanted to keep him there until 
he went on trial in front of all the people because of the bad things he had done. And you guys, the reason that Peter was arrested is because he was teaching about Jesus, right? That's why King Herod had him arrested. King Herod did not like Jesus. But you guys, the Bible tells us that while Peter was in jail, the church was there praying for him. They met and they were praying. So we're going to see what the Bible says happened. So if you have it open, check out Acts chapter 12. And we're going to start at verse 5 and go through verse 11. And it will also be on the screen too. Here's what it says. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church prayed hard to God for him. It was the night before Herod was going to bring him to trial. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. Two chains held him there. Lookout stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared. A light shone in the prison cell. The angel struck Peter on his side and Peter woke up. Quick, the angel said, get up. The chains fell off of Peter's wrist. Then the angel said to him, come on, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Put on your coat, the angel told him, and follow me. Peter followed the angel out of the prison. And Peter had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards. Then they came to the iron gate leading to the city. And it opened for them all by itself. They went through it. They walked the length of one street. And suddenly, the angel left Peter. Then Peter realized what had happened and he said, now I know for sure that the Lord sent his angel. He set me free from Herod's power. He saved me from everything the Jewish people were hoping for. Wow, do you guys realize what just happened there? I mean, Peter's sleeping in jail, chained there with all these guards and all of a sudden this angel comes into the cell. This bright light comes into the prison cell and the angel kind of pokes him in the side and says, hey, Peter, quick, get up, get dressed. Come on, you're gonna follow me. Peter thinks he's dreaming right? And he follows the angel out past all the guards, get out to the city gate, and you guys, it opens by itself. Whoa. Peter and the angel walk right through. They walk into the street, and all of a sudden, Peter is there alone. The angel's gone. Now, I don't know about you, but if I were Peter, I'd be thinking, okay, this really happened, and now I'm here in the street all by myself. What am I going to do now? Well, the Bible tells us that Peter ended up going to a house of a friend of his. And at this house, the early church, the church people were there praying for Peter. Now, Peter was a leader in the early church and the people were worried. They were praying for Peter that he would be safe, right? That he would, um, that the trial would go well tomorrow. So you guys, you're all going to participate in the story today. All of you. So children's ministry volunteers, you kind of know what that looks like, right? I need your help. Kids, I need your help. Parents. I need your help. Grandparents, I need your help. Everybody. You all are going to play the part of the early church, okay? You all are gathered in this house, and you all are praying for Peter. Now, if all of y'all are praying, it's going to get a little loud in here, right? But that's okay, because I want you to. So I'm going to help you out, though. We're going to put on the screen some sentences or some words that you can say in praying for Peter. So let's see what all we could say. Like things like, Lord, please be with Peter. We ask that you keep Peter safe in jail. Give Peter the right words to say tomorrow at his trial. But you guys, you're gonna say this stuff out loud so I can hear it. When I say go, you're gonna start saying these things. And you're gonna keep saying them until I tell you to stop. Can y'all do that? Okay, now my part is I'm gonna be a servant girl named Rhoda. 
So there's a girl named Rhoda in this story, and she's a servant girl at this house where y'all are praying, okay? And so a servant girl might go to the well and get you a drink of water. A servant girl would go to the door and answer the door, right? Okay, so I'm a servant girl. Y'all are the people in the early church. So I'm gonna say go. I need those words back up on the screen though to help everybody out so we don't all freak out what we're supposed to say, okay? Okay, so when I say go, you guys are gonna start praying for Peter, okay? Ready? Go. That's really good. Keep going. never going to believe this. There was just a knock on the door and you guys, Peter's out there. I just listened and it was his voice. Peter is outside of that door. I promise. Not now, Rhoda. We're busy praying that Peter will be okay. Yeah. I don't know that you're even giving God enough time to work. I mean, he just was thrown in jail yesterday. I don't know that this is possible for God to uh, work that fast. You know? what? Uh, he's... Okay, there is the knock again. You guys, I promise. Hey, Mr. Nick, would you come with me for a minute? I need proof that this is Peter at the door. Come on. Nobody believes me. Everybody thinks I'm crazy. Come on. We're going to go answer this door over here. You got you to gotta show him it's Peter. Come on. I promise it is. You open the door this time, though, and see who it is. Well, well is it Peter? Look. That's what the tag says. It, yeah, it's Peter. Come on over, Peter. Mr. Nick, thank you. I needed your help. Okay, come here, Peter. Okay, so you guys, you're in the early church, and you guys, Peter shows up at the door. You've been praying for him, and he shows up. I mean, if, the, if you were in the early church, what would your face look like right now? And, and how would you, whoa, like, no way. You, you were you're just with 16 guards chained in a prison cell. The Bible tells us, you guys, this is in fact what happened. This was true. This is what happened. Peter showed up where they were praying. And you guys, the Bible says that Peter held his hand up for everybody to be quiet. And then Peter told about the miraculous thing that Jesus had just done in sending an angel to bring him out of prison. You guys, it's a true story. God did a miraculous thing, didn't he? Peter, thank you so much. You guys, great job as the early church. I'm impressed. You guys are good. Thank you. So let's think for a minute. What can we learn from this story? How does it apply to us today? You know, we all are the church, right? And we all need to be in prayer. We need to be in prayer collectively and individually. And you know, just like in our story for Peter, the people were praying, but were they really praying with open minds and expecting God to answer their prayers in amazing ways, ways they never expected? Sometimes I think maybe they were praying for what they thought could be possible. Like, God, please keep him safe in prison. Please help the trial to go well tomorrow. But were they expecting something that great? What would happen, you guys, if you prayed with such great expectation, believing that God could answer your prayers in ways that you never thought possible? I mean, 
Look at Peter. Everybody thought Rhoda was crazy, right? She was nuts. He couldn't be at the door. I mean, he's in prison with 16 guards around him. No way could that happen. But you guys, God can do it. We can expect amazing things. You know, so often we have these blinders on and they're kind of like, but me, right? But me. But what do I want? God, I think it should be this way. God, I think this should happen. So God, please help it be this way. Instead, you guys, we need to take off the but me blinders and we need to put on the but God blinders. But what does God want? What does God want in this situation? You guys, we need to pray with such expectancy because God can do immeasurably more than we could ever think or imagine. So my question to you today is this, who are your eyes fixed on? I sure hope they're fixed on Jesus. We need to turn our eyes on Jesus and wait expectantly for his answers and trust that his answers are best. Let's pray. God, I just thank you that we can come to you in prayer, knowing that you hear us no matter where we are, no matter, matter when it is. God, help us to pray with expectancy and not limit you, but pray with such expectancy, expecting great things. Thank you for loving each and every one of us. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you, Miss Pam, Miss Rhoda, Miss Pam, Miss Rhoda. Give it up for Miss Pam. All right, I'm gonna keep the, yeah, thank you. So um, you, you kids in downtown, are you not lucky to have Miss Pam? Yes. Isn't she great? She is great. And you guys, you've got, your, you've got your participatory attitudes, I can tell. You're just into it already. And so I just wanna give you a chance because you're doing such a good job participating already. All of you kids and parents and volunteers and everybody else too. If you are thankful for Miss Pam, Miss Kim, and Miss Christy, would you just give them a big cheer? Just, woo, yeah, that's right, that's right. So this is a great Bible story that we've read and experienced today. And, and I wanna just remind you all one of the things that Miss Pam really emphasized, that it's a true story, that God answered the prayers of those early people. And um, the Bible is filled with stories of God exhibiting his amazing power of God showing his power at work. And I want you all to know that so often, God exhibits that power in response to the prayers of his people. He answers the prayers of his people and shows what, what he can do through those prayers. Now, I think one of the most important things that Miss Pam said today was this. The people who were praying for Peter were only focused on what they expected to happen. It never occurred to them that God may have a great big plan in mind that would exceed even what they were praying for. He might have even a bigger idea than the thoughts that they were praying for. And so just for a minute this morning, I wanna put ourselves in, in their shoes. You know, last week was Pastor Doug's last Sunday with us here at Lima Community. And just as many people in the early church looked to Peter for leadership, for the last nine years, many of us have looked to Pastor Doug for leadership. And as we pray for our next pastor, 
Let's make sure that we don't fall into the trap of only praying for what we expect. I would like for us to pray with some God-sized expectations in mind, with some God-sized dreams, with the idea that God may actually have something in mind that's beyond the wildest thing we could even dream or imagine on our own. I don't want to find myself in a situation where God is answering my prayer in an unexpected way and I'm busy saying, no, 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 wait, wait, that's not what I prayed for. I'd like to pray with some God-sized dreams in mind, open to what he wants for our church. Wouldn't you? That's what I'd prefer. Now, I want to tell you that next week, our district superintendent, Dr. Jeff Kunselman, is going to be here with us to speak. I know that you all, uh, many of you know and love Jeff, and we're excited to have him come join us, uh, especially so early kind of in this transition process. But I want to tell you all about something that Jeff has asked the church board to do. Jeff has kind of issued a challenge to the church board that we would make prayer the, the focus of this pastoral search, that we would, uh, as a church, that we would focus our prayers on what it is that God may have in mind for us. And Jeff has asked that every group in our church would spend time praying for what God wants for our next pastor. Now, I think that sounds like a great idea that will help us dream bigger dreams than any one of us could dream on our own. And when Jeff says every group, that means every age. And so for all of you kids in tiny town and uptown and downtown, I wanna just challenge you that when you meet in your groups, remind your group leaders that we're praying for our next pastor. All of you AXIS teens, when you meet in your groups in the AXIS, if you meet off-site somewhere for something, spend a few minutes in those groups praying for what God has for us next. All of you adults out there, if you are a group leader here, uh, spend time in your groups praying for what God has next for us. No one is too young to be praying. No one's too old to be praying. Every one of us can pray. Now, I want to tell you another really important idea before we wrap up. While we want to pour our life and energy and our prayers into this idea of what God has next for us, I want to just remind you that God today is still at work. God is hard at work all around us. And this time of transition is not a time when we're gonna sit quietly on our hands and wait on the next chapter. We are still writing the chapters. We are still uh, busy joining God in his work. And so let's pray fervently for what God wants for our church next. And let's pray fervently for what God wants from each one of us today. Miss Pam referenced a song at the end of her, uh, her message that is a song that, that many of you will know. I bet a lot of the kids that are joining us today may not know this one, but the song that Pastor Jonathan's gonna lead us in now just gives us the idea that when we focus our eyes on Jesus, the distractions fade away. And so we're gonna... Uh, use this as a time to, to sing a song together, sing kind of a prayer together, teach some of you a new song maybe 
a song about turning our eyes on Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace oh soul are you weary and troubled no light in the darkness you see there's light for a look at the savior and life more abundant and free turn your eyes upon jesus look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace and the things of earth and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace let's pray God, we uh, pray today that you would help us turn our focus to you. God, that when the world around us uh, sends all the distractions that come, when, when all the distractions come for us this week, the things that, at school and the things at work and the things at home and the things that, um, that would, would pry our attention away from you, God, would you help us to fix our eyes on Jesus, I pray recognizing that the life that comes when our eyes are turned to you is a life that's more abundant and a life that's more free. God, thank you for the truth of what we have heard today. Thank you for Miss Pam and for her uh, telling of this true story from the book of Acts. And thank you for how you do miracles that are sometimes beyond what we're even imagining or or what we're even looking for. We thank you, God. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for meeting here with us. We thank you for all of these little ones who have joined us today. We're reminded that the kingdom of heaven is made up of such as these, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me this morning? For our benediction today, my prayer for you is that if you're locked up in a prison and the chains miraculously fall off your wrists, you might recognize the work of God. And that if you are the one who's praying for the chains to fall off the wrists of someone, that you might pray in faith believing that that is the sort of thing that our God can actually do. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for being here this week. Have a great week.
Thank you for listening. For more information about our church, visit limacommunitychurch.com.